0: When I was a uh, junior in college, I went to a village for the first time, and my eyes were open to a need, and I remember thinking to myself, when I saw the 100 villages in Alaska that don't have a consistent gospel witness, I said, something: this is really stupid, somebody needs to do something about this. And the Lord simply spoke to me and said, maybe you should do something about it. And uh, we had no idea what the Lord had in store when we moved, but now... Uh, After doing Chi Alpha for the last eight years, we have started this initiative to see college alumni use their degrees to go to villages to become mainly teachers. And there have been 25 college alumni who have said yes in the last three years to this call. And they are bringing the gospel to a people group that has been underserved for over a century They are planting home churches in villages that have not had a consistent gospel witness, some of them for up to three decades. They're making disciples, sharing their faith, and we believe are going to spark the start of an indigenous discipleship movement that is going to change the face of the spiritual lives of Alaskans all over the state. And we want to invite you to be a part of this. If you're wondering what's next after college, you have that degree Uh, You're like, oh, well, I'm not a teacher, so I'm off the hook. Uh, actually, any bachelor's degree can be a part of our training and become a teacher in a village. And so if you want to talk to me more about this at the end of the service, we have a table in the, in the back in the lobby. And I would love to answer whatever questions you have. We have opportunities for short-term missions trips in Alaska. We have a seven-day trip this summer that I still have two spots left on uh, in which we travel to rural Alaska, bounce up and down the Kuskokwim River on boats and uh, fly on bush planes. It's an it's amazing time. So, come talk to me about that if you want to get a taste of what that looks like. Uh, Here's what I believe, is that you are going to college in Minnesota, and so you're already a hearty bunch, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys got 20 inches of snow last week, or whatever it was, it's raining cats and dogs today, like what in the world is going on out there, right? This is like, this is, I don't know, this is like, uh, uh, I call this hormonal weather, you have no idea which way it's going to go, right? Right? And so uh, you guys are ready for Alaska. You're uniquely equipped. So that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about going full send for the gospel, all right? Anybody in here extreme sports people? Four of you, awesome, all right. Some of you are like, I just play Xbox, that's all I do, all right? Uh, I'm an extreme sports guy mainly because I live in Alaska and everything in Alaska tries to kill you, all right? You're like, just the grizzly bears, I'm afraid of the grizzly bears. The grizzly bears are the least of your worries, all right? There's rivers, there's avalanches, there's moose, there's like all this stuff that could kill you in Alaska. In order to make it in Alaska, you need to be a full send person. Full send meaning that you would go all out and not care about the consequences. Full send simply means to reach a place of reckless abandonment for a cause, We all know people who go full sand for extreme sports and what I want to propose to you this morning is what would happen if a generation of believers decided to reach a place of reckless abandonment for the cause of Christ in their life. This is what the early church had. All of them, every single follower of Jesus that we read about in scripture met the end of their life in a pretty gruesome death, most of them. Because they decided that Jesus was worth it. And I believe this, that God calls us to full send Christianity. In fact, if we aren't going full send, I believe that we are not stepping into the fullness of the promises of Jesus Christ. We're not really experiencing the real thing if we're not going all out for Jesus. Now you might be here and you might be saying, well Steve, I don't know about this, you know, full send. I'm just, my personality's a little bit more timid. Right? You might be like, ah, I'm more of an introvert. I'm not really that outgoing person. My friends, going full send for Jesus has nothing to do with a personality profile. It has nothing to do with your natural talent. It has nothing to do with your level of charisma. It starts with a mindset. And Jesus has called introverted people to be full send as well. Amen? In fact, some of you extroverts, you freak everybody out. All right, Just take a chill pill. All right? Jesus wants to use introverts as well to go full send. And my friends, when we go full send for Jesus, that's when we really start to have fun in in following Christ. In Luke 9, we see three people that wanted to go and follow Jesus, but they couldn't quite get over the hump of going full send for him. These would be described as the would-be followers of Jesus And we're going to read about these three guys and pull three things from this passage today that we must deny in ourselves in order to go full send for Christ. So let's read this. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, first, let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is one of those passages that always made me scratch my head. Like Jesus, you're you're kind of talking in extreme language here. But there's some truths in this that I think that if we apply them to our lives, we really start to step into this thing called, that I call full send Christianity. The first guy teaches us this, that we, in order to be full send Christians, we need to deny comfort. I love that Jesus is like, this guy comes up to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus essentially looks at him and he's like, we're going to be camping a lot. Like, oh. Not really my vibe, Jesus. In fact, kind of this like, whole following that you had going here, I kind of thought that we were going to be sitting at the best tables, at the best banquets, staying at the best hotels. I was expecting a mint on my pillow every morning and a foot massage at night. And he's like, listen, it's not going to be like that. We're going to be roughing it a lot. You see, full senders put themselves in positions in which they aren't comfortable. The problem is, is we here in America these days, we're kind of a coddled bunch, aren't we? We make great sacrifices on the altar of comfort. We worship the God of safety. We don't like to put ourselves in uncomfortable spots. Let's just take a quick little assessment in here, all right? We're going to take a quick little how coddled and comfortable are you quiz, all right? So I want you to score yourself. I'm going to ask you five questions, and I want you to give yourself some points. We're going to score it at the end. We'll assess our scores, all right? Number one, how old were you when you had your first job? Give yourself one point for every year above the age of 14, all right? Question number two. You asked for an extension on an assignment. Give yourself one point for every time you've done that in the last year. Some of you are like, oh, no. <laughs> this is really racking up. All right. Question number three. If your current housing facility has heat, electricity, and indoor plumbing, give yourself one point for all of those amenities. If you, are, if you have or are pursuing a college degree... Congratulations, you are in the top 6% of the world. Give yourself two points. If you currently live in America, give yourself two points. All right. Now, add up your score. Let's assess it. If you scored above one, congratulations, you're coddled. All right, you got it. All right, that's it. We are all coddled, myself included. I live in Alaska, and I'm coddled. My house has heat. It's amazing, right? This makes it really difficult For us to step into hard things that Jesus calls us to do. And the Bible is full of promises for things that happen when we step into hard things. Discipline leads to righteousness and peace. Trials leads to faith and perseverance. Jesus says, blessed are you. Blessed are you when people persecute you. Not if they persecute you, when they persecute you. He made a promise that this was going to be hard. And if we run from difficulties, if we run from discomfort, I believe that we will never step into the fullness of our God-given destiny. What is God calling you to do that's uncomfortable? Let's look at the second guy and what he teaches us we need to deny. We need to deny compartmentalization. Essentially, he says, hey... Let me go first bury my father and then I'll come back and follow you. That's kind of a confusing thing because Jesus, it kind of seems like if we read it from the perspective of our culture, it kind of seems like he says, no, you need to skip your dad's funeral. That's not what he's saying. You see, this son was probably the apprentice of his dad and he wasn't in charge of his business yet. So essentially he said, hey, as soon as my dad is, you know, Goes away from this world. As soon as my dad dies, then I'm going to be in charge. When I'm in charge, I'll call the shots then I'll come follow you. He was suffering from something that I call as soon as syndrome. As soon as, Jesus, well, as soon as I'm out of college and I have some money, then I will start to give financially. As soon as I have more time, as soon as I'm not taking 17 credits, as soon as I'm not taking 12 credits, I don't know where your threshold is, right? As soon as I whatever, fill in the blank. My friends, sometimes we expect a change in season to suddenly change our character. Doesn't work that way. Jesus wants to develop character in your life right now. But when we compartmentalize our lives and suffer from as soon as syndrome, we will always put off what Jesus wants to do in our lives right now. And we will fail to step into the fullness of our God-given destiny. I have a small group leader in our Chi Alpha group that was really upset with me. He's like, Steve, this is too big of a commitment. I can't... I, Uh, you know, leading a small group is like we have leadership on Sundays. We have small group on Tuesdays. Kyle, for larger group on Thursdays. This is way too big of a commitment. This is three nights a week. I said, yeah, you know what? I've not asked you to lead a small group. I've asked you to make a disciple. And because Jesus has asked you to make disciples and the reality is, is that you're right. If you're going to look at this as a commitment, then you probably should quit because you're going to end up quitting anyways. You see, discipleship should not be a commitment. Discipleship should be a conviction, meaning that it is immersed in every single part of you. And no longer do you have like a sacred and secular compartments. This is a -a three-day-a-week commitment. I said, listen, friend, Following Jesus and making disciples is not a three-night-a-week commitment. It is a seven-night-a-week commitment. It's actually a seven-day. It's a 24-7 commitment in which you everything in your life is immersed in what Jesus has called you to do. And until it becomes a conviction, it's always going to seem like something more to put on your plate. And that's what Jesus tells this guy. Let's look at the last person. He says... To the last person I'll follow you wherever you go Jesus but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family and Jesus says anybody who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God you see full senders have disregard for their own personal bodies and lives I think what Jesus is saying is that you're distracted by your own desires and your own goals and I want you to focus on me you see, this guy teaches us that we need to deny narcissism. And we struggle with this as Americans in our individualistic culture in which we are told to celebrate the choices that we make. We're told to, that we should just you be you and we're expected to share our thoughts on every single thing. And even our doing good tends to become about us. Look at what I did on my social media profile. And it's creeped its way into our walks with Jesus. We started to ask ourselves, what can serving Jesus do for me? What am I going to get out of this leadership position? I need to have healthy balance in my life. What is the church feeding me? And if we had to be honest with ourselves, many of the worship songs that are being produced today are more about how God makes me feel than about God's glory. It's an ugly thing. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We've Americanized that verse and we've treated it like this almost magical spiritual fairy dust that I just get to sprinkle on the things that I want to do. Paul writes that verse, you guys know this, he writes that verse while he is in prison. He writes it in an uncomfortable situation. If I had to interpret that, I would honestly interpret it more accurately like this, that I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. Maybe Jesus didn't ask you to pick up that dream in the first place. Maybe he's asking you to lay it down. I want to close with the story of my friends Colin and Megan, who I think illustrate what I'm talking about really, really well have a picture of them. This is them with their baby Naharun. They just had this baby. Naharun's about a year and a half old now. They decided that they were going to become a few of our first Chi Alpha alumni who were going to go and use their degrees to become teachers in a village. They got hired on in the village of Tuliksak which has been d- described literally as a dumpster fire, or as the armpit of Alaska. In fact, it is the poorest village in the entire state of Alaska. Most of the village doesn't even have indoor plumbing. Not every village is like that. I don't want you to just like. Oh, I can't go there anymore, right? But uh, but they came to us about six months into their training program, and they said, uh, "You know, we got some exciting news to share with you guys. We're pregnant." And our training director looks at them, and they're like, "Well, this has implications." They're like, aren't you guys excited for us? It's like, yes, we're excited for you, but have you guys thought about what this means, right? And, you know, there's no, there's no medical care in the village, so this is going to be difficult, not only to have a baby, but to raise a baby. And we kind of did the math, and you're like, when you move out to Tulix Megan, you're going to be seven months pregnant. Most people don't want to raise a family in these places, and they looked at us confused with this, like, bewildered look on their face, and they're like, what are you... What are you guys talking about? You're constantly telling us that we need to do hard things for Jesus. God told us to go. We're going to go. And we're going to trust that he's going to take care of our baby. I said, praise God. Fast forward, Megan and Colin move. Seven months pregnant, a month later, she has to fly back into civilization to have the baby. They have the baby. No one is expecting them to come back to the village of Tuliksak. And they decide to go back. And when they land, the entire village's mind is blown. You see, the average stay of a teacher in the village is less than one year. And so the fact that they came back with their family spoke something to the entire village. The fact that Megan is raising this little baby has opened the door for her to minister to moms all around the village of Tuliksak. She pushes Naharun in her stroller up and down the, the streets of Tuliksak every single day and people stop and they've, she's built relationships with dozens of moms in these villages. Knowing full well that if something were to happen to their daughter, she is miles and miles away a helicopter ride away from emergency medical care but they look at the 200 people in the little village of Nuuix or in the little village of Tulex, Alaska and they say these people knowing Jesus is worth it that's going full scent. saying i'm going to deny comfort i'm going to deny compartmentalization and i'm going to deny having this be about me There's nothing glorious or glamorous about leading a house church in a village that none of you have ever heard about. In fact, in the world's mind, what they're doing is pretty insignificant. But my friends, God is far more concerned about our level of obedience than he is about our perceived level of earthly influence. And I think these guys know what it means to go full send for Jesus if you would bow your heads and close your eyes as we close in prayer. Lord, I would ask that you would speak to us in these moments. And students, even as I pray, I just would ask you to just ask the Lord to call to mind, where have I been comfortable? Where have I been compartmentalizing? And where have I been making, following Jesus about me? And Lord, we lay those things at your feet. And we ask that you would speak to us, bring conviction, and would we respond in Jesus' name, amen.